0: Welcome to the Deepwater Podcast. I'm Dave Mercer. I'm James Judd. And our goal on this podcast is to learn to make disciples the way Jesus made disciples. Yes, sir. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Deepwater Podcast, where we learn to make disciples the way Jesus did. I'm excited about doing that. It's always a challenge, and it's always something we're learning and we're growing as we go. Today I want to talk about kind of an interesting subject, and the subject is slavery. And there's all sorts of different ways we could do that. You know, we could talk about historic slavery, we could talk about people who are currently slaves today, human trafficking, different nations, all kinds of different stuff. But that's not the direction I want to go. What got me thinking about this in the beginning was actually a C.S. Lewis quote, and I, of course, I'd misheard, I'd heard it misquoted all my life, right? The way I'd heard it, it was about government and, and it said, slavery is the best form of government. There's just no one fit to be the master. Well, a while back, for whatever reason, I decided, you know, I should actually look that up and see if I could find it. And so I did find it, and that's not exactly what he said. We're going to clue in on that part that he's talking about slavery. But I'm going to read you the whole quote. Just to uh give you the context. So it says, I am a Democrat. And in parentheses, he means like a, prop- a proponent of democracy. I am a Democrat because I believe in the fall of man. I think most people are Democrats for the opposite reason. A great deal of democratic enthusiasm descends from the ideas of people like Rousseau who believed in democracy because they thought mankind so wise and good that everyone deserved a share in the government. The danger of defending democracy on those grounds is that they're not true. I find that they're not true without looking further than myself. I don't deserve a share in governing a hen roost, much less a nation. The real reason for democracy is just the reverse. Mankind is so fallen that no man can be trusted with unchecked power over his fellows. Aristotle said that some people were only fit to be slaves. I do not contradict him. But I reject slavery because I see no men fit to be masters. That's the C.S. Lewis quote. And at first when I was, this was back in the election a couple of weeks ago, and I was thinking about posting that post out there, but then I was pondering about the whole Aristotle thing. Some men were only fit to be slaves. I do not contradict him. So I was mulling that over. Do I want to put that out? Is that just going to give me a lot of flack back there? And in the end, I never did. So I'm going to bring it to you here instead. And, and think about that. Let me ask that question. Are some men only fit to be slaves? Like, I pondered that. And I know at that point in time, when Aristotle, uh, physically existed in the world, he, there was slavery. It was not uncommon. And their version or view of slavery was different than we would have today. Nevertheless, I thought, are some, you know, are some men fit only to be slaves? And the more I thought about it, I got to think about my own life. And maybe the real question is, are there any men who are fit not to be slaves? In my own life, you know, you look at me, there's there's things I do, uh, I'm very proactive on. I'm good to do that. Not tooting my horn, but like I, I read my Bible pretty consistently. It's not always a deep in-depth study, but like it's daily in my life. Um, I think a lot. I study a lot. Some of those things happen. I'm... When I work, I go to work. I'm consistent about that. If I'm trying a project at home, maybe I'm not as consistent as I want, but like I'm going to keep putting forth that energy. So there's some things like that. But then there's other things, such as working out and staying in shape or exercising my body. I'm just not very good at. And when I thought back to my own life, the time I was very best at that at staying in shape and physically working out, was that time in my life when I was the closest thing to a legal slave that still exists in America. And that is the good old U.S. Army. So when I was in the Army, you know, like, they tell you when to get up, when to dress, what you can eat, what you can do, when you're free, when you're not free. They can even send you to your death. You know, like, that's, it's not exactly slavery. got paid for it. Got some benefits afterwards for certainly. But... It was slavery and it was mandated in that sense. If you'll, if you'll work with me on that. I, that's the best shape of my life ever. And when I was a private and the lowest rank, that was of the good time of my life in terms of being in shape. That was the peak of it. Cause I, you know, they said exercise and you did it. And if you didn't do a good job, you did more exercise later. And even as I worked up a little bit, I was still in good shape. 'Cause they still said I had to work out, but now I didn't have as much pressure on me if I didn't work out quite as hard. Still in shape, still worked out. But I know a number of guys that said, man, when I was a private first class, I was the best shape of my life. Definitely would have been true for me as well. Um same true right now I'm doing physical therapy for my back. And I, I do physical therapy at home. I'm I'm good about walking. Uh, some of my other things, not so much. And I, I guarantee that every time I drive to my physical therapist appointment, I do more PT in that hour than I do at any other hour, any other time in my life. And it's because I'm not I'm not a slave there, but I have someone who is is the master in that sense, and their job is to tell me what exercises to do. And I get a little pushback if it; it hurts or whatever. But I do more. I push myself more. And so when I was thinking about this. Quote stuff is like you know sometimes some things in my life like I need to be a slave I I would be a better person if I was a slave. Let let yourself mull on that for a minute. What about spiritually? Where does that put us spiritually? Now C.S. Lewis said he sees no one fit to be the master. That's still true. There's still no one. Fit to be the master of me spiritually. Now the Bible does put authorities over us in the church. Um It talks about specifically. It talks about elders or overseers as another another word it uses. I'll notice. Have you noticed one thing? There is that it's a plural. It doesn't say elder. It says elders, and that there are people that have walked farther and they've. I'm going to say they've proven themselves, and they. Uh, I think God gives people some spiritual authority. It's not like a slave mastery. But it is some authority, and we need to submit to those authorities and probably truth be said, just like uh I say with my working out, like sometimes we we really need to submit a lot more than we do. it would be better for us to do that, but what I wanted to look at there's a a verse, I say an old verse, it's about as old as all the rest of the New Testament, but a verse that I've thought about quite a lot is a chapter uh first Corinthians seven, if you're not familiar with it, talks a lot about uh. Paul's writing and he's talking about being single. And, and so as a single man up until I was 29, boy, I read that chapter a lot and wrestled with it some. But there's this verse, verse 22 and 23, that's really interesting, and it talks about slavery. I'm going to give you the context. I'll read you 1 Corinthians 7, verses 17 through 24. It says, Nevertheless, each one should retain the place in life that the Lord assigned to him and to which God has called him. This is the rule I laid down in all the churches. Was a man already circumcised when he was called? He should not become uncircumcised. Was a man uncircumcised when he was called? He should not become circumcised. Circumcision is nothing, and uncircumcision is nothing. Keeping God's commands is what counts. Each one should remain in the situation which he was in when God called him. Were you a slave when you were called? Don't let it trouble you, although if you can gain your freedom, do so. And then here starts verse twenty two for he who was a slave when he was called by the Lord is the Lord's freed man. Similar, he who was a free man when he was called is Christ's slave. You are bought at a price, do not become slaves of men. Brothers, each man as responsible to God should remain in the situation God called him to. So that's the verse I specifically want to talk about twenty two and twenty three. For he who was a slave when he was called by the Lord is the Lord's freedman, man, similarly. He who was a free man when he was called as Christ's slave. Notice that duality there? Now, I haven't met many people who have physically... I'm trying to think if I've met anybody who's physically been a slave. I've met people in bad situations, but I can't think of anyone physically a slave. So everyone, in my own experience, I've never been a slave, because really the army doesn't count. Just a good analogy. But there, so So I don't know what it's like to be a slave and come to the Lord and and realize that freedom that you have. That yes, I'm a slave in this life, physically a slave, but I'm a freed man. The Lord has freed me from that slavery. He's freed me from the inside out. I may still physically belong to this other person, but now I'm free to serve him as the Lord's servant. I'm free to know that when this life ends, I'll, I'll be with Christ for eternity. For me, it's always been the other side, which is, I was free when Christ called me, and I have become Christ's slave. Now, when this was written, I think the main two ways a person became a slave is, one, he was captured. There was an army, an attack, he was captured. The other way I know of that someone became a slave is they borrowed too much and they couldn't pay it back, and they were sold into slavery in order to pay back their debts. So borrowing was a way to get into slavery, and it's still true today. We're a lot more gracious than than they were at that point in time, but it's still slavery. There's a verse that says uh, the servant or the borrower is servant to the lender. It's still true. And so for us as disciples of Jesus and disciple makers, watching dead in our own life is also really important. And, and there's all kinds of, of uh, business people that will talk about leveraging and doing all this stuff, and it can work really good. It can also put you into a position of slavery where you are you're expending every effort, every moment of every day trying to pay off that debt. And it can be a real heavy burden. And so if you're in that, you know, work on getting out of it. Uh, Dave Ramsey has a good course. Talk to your pastor. Email us. There's a lot of good things. And if you're not in that situation, be really careful when you borrow. Really, really careful. Because we don't want to put ourselves into that position of being a slave. I've been in a position where I have overborrowed. I um, purchased a a fixer up house, and we had some money that the bank had loaned us for repairs. And I went through. So before that, we didn't know any money. Maybe we had a little. I think we I think we paid off all debt. My wife had had a little student loans when she came into the marriage, so I'd pay that all off. Didn't owe a dime to anybody. I borrowed on the house. I went through all my construction money. I wound up borrowing against my cars. I, put, I maxed out my credit card. Just this horrible situation and kind of realized like, oh. And so we started digging out from it. And boy, it was like, like you had, um, not no enjoyment in life, but you couldn't, you couldn't go enjoy something. You couldn't go out for a bite to eat. Cause like all oh, this money, it was so tight. And, and once we dug ourselves out from underneath that and where all we had was our mortgage. Boy, it was nice. And then, you know, we had that for a while. We went overseas and then we wound up selling it. And so now at this point in time we don't owe any money to anybody and that's really good and you know I just had a back surgery I'm slowly going back to work at the post office right now and I'm I'm living in a house my parents own so I have some benefits but it's way easier to live cheaper I can't imagine the pressure that would be on me if I really had to, all this this debt weighing over me and the corresponding thing is like when we're trying to serve the lord if you have this debt demanding that you spend 50 or 60 hours a week earning income, it, it doesn't mean you can't serve the Lord, but it's much more, more hard your time and your energy just is expended in other ways. So I really encourage you, watch out for your borrowing. Keep yourself and your life in a in a state where you can have the freedom to serve God when He puts an opportunity, when you have the time where you can say, you know, I'm going to... I could go chase some more business right now. I could go work a couple hours of extra overtime right now. But instead, I'm going to invest it in this person. I'm not saying there's not some time to work overtime. Not Certainly don't be a bad employee. That's not a good idea. But having that freedom to serve God is really nice. And if you can work yourself, or you've paid off your house, you've paid off your cars, you've paid off anything else you owe, it's a beautiful place. I'd love to be someday where I owned a house and had nothing else. That would be great. You might grow a little slower, but boy, it's a more peaceful journey. So for us, as freed people who have become Christ's slaves, what's it mean to be Christ's slaves? What I think about it, and I'm, I'm thinking in terms of being a disciple maker. What I think about it, as, as I disciple somebody, what we're doing is we're being accountable together to our Master, who is Christ. Disciple making is me coming alongside somebody else and saying, Hey, listen, (laughs) in in a bad way. Hey, listen, you're letting the master down. You know, like, let me show you how to be a good servant to the master. Now, sometimes I may show you through my mistakes and repentance, but like, let's learn to be better servants for our master together. We're certainly not, when we disciple somebody, we're certainly not their master. That's not the relationship at all. We are fellow servants serving together under one master. And truthfully, as the C.S. Lewis quote, there's no one fit to be the master. There's only one that's ever really, truly fit to be the master. And that's Jesus. That's God. God is the perfect master. Perfect in every way. So what does it mean for us to really surrender to that? You know, in the history of slavery, I'm no expert on slavery, but some slaves were Hardworking slaves and a lot of slaves slacked off and shirked their duties. And it didn't, it didn't change him from being that person's slave, but they weren't well thought of. You look in the Bible, you look at Joseph. Joseph was a slave, first a slave to Potiphar. Uh, then, I mean, he's in prison, so he's a prisoner. Maybe he's not a slave to the, to the jail master, but basically, you know, and what he did is he lived it out really well. He worked hard. He was pleasing. God used that to eventually make him second ruler of all of Egypt in what's a crazy and amazing story. So what would it look like for you to be a submissive and obedient slave to Jesus? What would you need to change in your life in order to do that? You can pause if you want and just think about that for a few minutes, pray about it. The follow-up question is, what would it look like for the people you disciple to be submissive and obedient and joyful servants to Jesus their master? What would need a change in their life, and how can you uh be a part of encouraging that sometimes be a part of challenging that? How can you help them attain to the to the joy of being Jesus' servant and surrendering all their life to him not just a part but every single moment, every single minute? What would that look like? You know, we are not at all unaware that we have spiritual battles going on around us and our the devil demons they fight against us, tempt us. Our own flesh fights against us, our own flesh desires things that are not in line with the uh, goodness of Jesus. Our flesh lusts, our flesh is lazy, our flesh is gluttonous, our flesh is greedy, like we have all these things that war against us. And I want you to think for a minute. Isn't it really good to know, as you think about that war, isn't it really good to know that we are owned? That somebody owns us? And that when our flesh fights against us, our owner can step in and say, hey, wait a minute. This, this slave does not belong to you, devil. This slave does not belong to you, flesh. He belongs to me. He's my slave. And I'll do with him what I want. And I don't want his body desecrated this way. I'll do with him what I want. And in that slavery to Jesus, we find protection. We find, again, we find, come back to finding real freedom. The more fully we commit to that slavery to Jesus, the more free our life is. Even though it may take you to hard times, it may take you to a place where it costs you your life. Not saying that isn't going to be true, but there's certainly being freed from our flesh, freed from sin, freed from the power of the devil. It's only in Jesus that we find ourselves under a good and fit master who loves us so, and a master that would love us so much that he would die in our place so that he could own us. So my encouragement for you this week is look at your life, have somebody else look at it with you and say, hey man, what part of my life... Do you see me not submitting to Jesus? And that that answer may jump out to you right at the beginning, and you may know this is the area I need to surrender. Do it. And if not, you may find that some other people can fill you you in on some things. And some prayer. Jesus might fill you in on some things as well. I encourage you to visit with this about the people you disciple and give each other feedback. It looks to me like you need to surrender here. Let's be accountable together to serve Jesus this way. It would be a good and beautiful thing. Well, that's all I have for you today. I hope it's a great day and a great week. I hope you're able to make some progress on making disciples. I hope you're able to make some progress on surrendering one more stronghold to the Lord. Give Him complete mastery over everything. And that's where you'll find love, peace, enjoyment. Anyway, love you guys, and we will see you next week.